0: Happy Thursday. I hope you guys are all having just a wonderful week. It is definitely feeling like winter is coming. I don't know if any of you guys are feeling that way, but the days are getting shorter. It's getting a lot colder. Um, I've had to clip a lot of my horses, which means that we're having to blanket them. It's super dark in the morning, which I don't like because usually I get up at 5 a.m. and I start working on my computer and I love it in the summertime when it gets light so early. Um, right now, it seems like the sun doesn't come up until like 6.45. So anyways, it's definitely feeling like winter and I, I don't like it. Hello, Susan. Um, so tonight's topic that we're going to talk about is setbacks. And I think this is kind of ironic that I picked this for today because last week we were celebrating the 30 days to round challenge and all of the members and all of the winners and everyone's successes. And that was super fun. And I think that it's definitely important to celebrate and, you know, be proud of what you've achieved. But, I also wanted to talk tonight about setbacks because setbacks are something that happened to all of us. And it's important to acknowledge them and then also to just like move on and keep going. So that's tonight talk. Tonight's topic is setbacks. So let's see hi, Susan and Lucy from Apple Valley. Donna from Texas. <laughs> Our weather is finally getting comfortable. Donna from Connecticut, um, come to Florida, 85 degrees weather, but still dark in the morning. Okay, so I'm glad to have all of you guys here. Um, A few announcements. We have a few um, new people on um, Patreon. So if you haven't checked out Patreon yet, I post a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff on Patreon. I did a clinic last weekend in Arizona, which was super, super fun. I had a really, really great group of students that I worked with. And um, yeah, so I posted a little bit on Patreon there. Our new members this week are Winzeho Zang, Allison McGovern, and Regina Fastold. So thank you guys for your support on Patreon. Um, How was my clinic in Arizona last weekend? It already feels like so, so long ago. The clinic was great. I love going and meeting you guys. It was so fun to have people come up to me that were like, I've watched your videos for six years and you've helped me through COVID and you've helped me so much with my horse. So it's always really fun to meet people and just to realize how much I'm able to touch people that I haven't met, it's always a little trippy, because they're like, I feel like I know you. And then (laughs) I've never met them. But it was such a great group of students and horses. And one thing, when I go teach a clinic, I really don't care what level you are, like, I don't care if you're just, you know, training level or intro level, or if you're doing the Grand Prix. The most important thing to me is that you have a good partner and a good relationship with your horse. So um, if you and your horse have an understanding and you're in a good place together where you have communication between one another, that makes it so fun for me to work with you guys because then we can start working on things and doing exercises and helping with your position and I'm able to see progress. So that was really fun about the Arizona clinic was everyone was really well matched to their horses. So we could get right to work and do exercises. Um, One thing I focused on, I think with pretty much all of my students was their position because your position is so important. Pretty much all of the issues that you're having with your horse can be traced back to something that you're doing with your position i was um watching on clip my horse and there was a video of catherine Dufour riding her new seven-year-old and her position is incredible like her hands are forward and quiet her heels are down and the horse is just doing this incredible performance like the trot tour was just amazing and um her position is flawless so I think that's one thing that we all can always be working towards is improving our position. So I think that was my biggest takeaway from the clinic. And it was a really beautiful part of what I like about clinics is I get to go around and see different areas. So it was in Prescott, Arizona, and it was a really nice, it was called American Ranch. So it was a horse community, and then the clinic was down like at the HOA-owned barn. They had this giant covered arena, and they had stalls down there, and I was thinking, oh, I could live here. I would like to live in this this community and have my horses in my backyard. That's a dream of mine is that I want to have my horses in my backyard. So um, another reminder before we get started with setbacks, For those of you guys that were in 30 Days to Round, today, tonight is the last day to sign up for Strides. So if you want to sign up for Strides, today is your last chance. I would love to have you join Strides. And that is only for people that were in the 30 Days to Round challenge. Check your email and there should be a link for you to sign up for Strides if you haven't yet. Okay, so now about setbacks. If you guys are watching Go ahead and let me know in the chat, kind of a big setback that you've had. It could be either something recent, something a long time ago. It was funny because when I was trying to go through my history and come up with setbacks, I actually had a little bit of a hard time coming up with setbacks. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. One is that I'm kind of a believer that even bad things that happen to me that everything happens for a reason and that you know your your life kind of goes down this path and you just end up following the path of least resistance and that that's just meant to be so i think that's one thing the other thing is that every time i have a setback it always brings me back to the why of why do I ride horses? Why do I have horses? Why do I ride? And I think bottom line is just that I love horses. It horse horsemanship is kind of one of those things that either you have it or you don't. And you have to have this burning passion where you just love to ride. And you love horses in order to kind of overcome all the setbacks that happen. Because they happen a lot and they can be devastating. Um, so let's see. Someone here says they're rehabbing from a knee injury, a broken finger. <laughs> Linda has a broken finger. Oh no, I can't ride my horse with a double bridle. Um, ulcers and bad bugs. I've been dealing with intermittent soundness issues, still mentally recovering from a bad spook, hoof lameness, um, trainer and friend told me I wouldn't get better without lessons. Lucy says my mare didn't want to go forward at all. So I lunged her. Um, Emma fell off and severely injured my ankle. Closing my business horse injury and a long rehab from Lois. Donna said I have a huge setback with my dressage Western quarter horse. He developed a muscle disorder. Oh, no, that's so sad broken wrist, lost my schoolmaster. Um soundness. Okay, so you read through through all these comments and you're like, "Oh my gosh, like why do we even have horses? Why do we do this? It's so expensive and there's so many things, bad things that happen." But I really think that it's it's almost like an addiction. I say sometimes that horses and riding, it's truly an addiction. I love it. And even though, you know, you have these setbacks, I think that you, you're always able to overcome them. And even at the time when things seem really, really terrible, usually something good happens out of it. So, um, so, yeah, I'm sorry to hear all of you guys' setbacks. I'm gonna tell you a few of mine because I think you guys see me like how I am now. and and sometimes, you know, with social media and everything, it looks like things are always perfect, but they're not. Um, so I guess the the first thing I should tell you is my horse Trump. He was the first horse that I started, and I trained him all the way to Grand Prix. He was literally the most difficult horse I have ever trained. And he pretty much destroyed my confidence so many times. There was one time in the show arena where he like reared up and squealed and then tried to buck me off in the test. And the judge literally stopped in the middle of my test and asked me if I wanted to finish. And I was so embarrassed because I had moved from Colorado to California. I was trying to establish myself as a trainer out here. I had like no money. I literally, when I first moved to California, I was living in a tack room. I didn't even have a mattress and it was like totally sketchy. I had no money. And yet I was paying like $900 a month board for Trump and trying to afford lessons and take him to a show. And I go to the show and he's terrible and completely embarrasses me. Um, and so I left the show ring in tears and it was, it was terrible. It was really embarrassing. It was really hard. Um, Trump embarrassed me more than once. <laughs> so when I did my first Grand Prix with Trump, I think it was the first time I ever did the Grand Prix. And one of my clients, she was so sweet and she was so excited for me and she ha- brought some champagne to the barn that we could have to celebrate after and all these glasses and Trump was so terrible in the show arena he screamed the entire test like squealing for I don't know his friend or whatever I got a 55% and again I was so embarrassed that I um I wouldn't let her like open the champagne bottle. I was like, no, we, we cannot celebrate this. It, it was too embarrassing. It was too bad. So the good news is that Trump did get better as he got older. He did mature. I was able to get my gold medal on Trump. So he was the first horse that I trained to Grand Prix. But again, I had a lot of setbacks with him. I had a lot of confidence issues, and it was hard because I thought that it was my fault. What I know now is that some horses are more difficult than others. Trump was a very difficult horse. He was a um, a part thoroughbred, and he would get really, really anxious and worked up. And then once he got that way, it was nearly impossible to. to get him to settle down again. So, Trump taught me a lot of lessons though, and he's pretty much made every single horse after that seem like a piece of cake. So, um oh wow, let's see. Carol says my horse had colic surgery and then right after 6 months he got his foot caught in the fence and broke his pelvis. He's now sound and working towards first competition in 2 years. Oh my gosh, wow. Okay, where is Trump now? Mindy and Simba want to know. Okay, Trump actually is near me again. So I just heard that uh, a woman bought him and they love him and he's great. And he was a fabulous horse. Like in the end, he was such a wonderful horse and he did all the Grand Prix and he was great. But when he was a young horse, oh man, he was so, so difficult. He was really, really difficult. Okay, so another, setback. I know a lot of you guys love my snowman exercise. So if you don't know what the snowman exercise is, you have to try it. It's a great exercise to help you with your trot canner transitions. And it works on suppleness. But there's a good story behind how I learned the snowman exercise. So I had a horse named Gatsby and I went up to ride in a clinic with Conrad Schumacher and my husband came and he brought his horse as well so we got to the clinic and I'm sure you guys know that when you have two horses and you put them in the trailer together they are like instant best friends we call them that they get married up and so we get to the clinic my husband puts his horse in this like gravel pit behind the arena like there were mirrors so you couldn't really see My husband's horse, Q, was cantering around in the gravel, screaming at Gatsby, who I was trying to ride in the clinic with Conrad. And Gatsby was terrible. He was like, (laughs) he was so tense and completely distracted because his new best friend was galloping around behind him. And so Conrad had me do the snowman exercise and you know at the time i was super embarrassed and upset because i had gone to this clinic and conrad is like an old school german guy he's a really really good teacher and he basically told me that i rode terribly and my seat was terrible and i used way too much hand and it was a really embarrassing lesson but the good news is that i learned the snowman and i'm able to share it with all of you guys So I think there's always a silver lining in everything, you know, anytime that you have a setback or something bad happens, then at the time it's terrible. But looking back, if you're able to just persevere and keep going through it, something good always happens from it. So another setback I had is um, I had a horse named Geronimo. This was my first warm blood. So like rewind until back to when I was 14, 15. Geronimo was lame all the time. Well, first he had a rearing problem. (laughs) Then once we fixed the rearing problem, he he was like very study horse and he um, kicked his hind legs through the fence and got hung up in the fence. And I'm sure he like tweaked something in his back or in his pelvis. And so Geronimo went lame all the time. And the vet that we used to go to, his name was Dr. Beeman. He was such a good vet. His prescription pretty much for any lameness was four months of hand walking 45 minutes per day. And I was so diligent about doing that hand walking. I remember I would go to high school, I was in high school, I'd go to school all day. I would drive 45 minutes to the barn And I would hand walk that horse for 45 minutes every single day. Was it what I wanted to be doing? No, because I wanted to be riding. I wanted to be showing. I wanted to be doing all those things. And instead, I was walking this horse around and around and around. I think he even one time kicked me in the stomach because when you put a horse on stall rest, they don't like it and they have a lot of pent up energy. But again, I learned a lot from having to hand walk that horse over and over again. I learned a lot about groundwork, how to manage a horse when they're on stall rest. And I think that those times like that, like when your horse is lame or when things are really hard, that's where you really earn it. And you really show everyone around you and your horse that you're in it for the long haul and you really care. And you... You know, you have to stick it out and you have to take care of your horse. It's like, it's like a marriage, you know, it's like in sickness and in health, we are there for our horses. And, um, and Geronimo, again, I had a lot of disappointments with him because it seemed like every time I would get him going and I would enter a show, he would come up lame. And, um, that was, that was hard. And that was really frustrating to kind of deal with that disappointment. So. That was another setback story. But in the end, I mean, Geronimo's a great horse. He's at my mom's ranch in Colorado. They still ride him a little bit. Um, I actually got him up to the I2. And so, again, I learned a lot from him, even though I think sometimes we have this picture when I bought him, I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to train him up the levels and I'm going to win everything. And none of that happened. That was not the case at all. So another setback (laughs) that I had is um, when I literally, I think it was two or three weeks after I got married, I was on this horse. And you know, when you have that little voice in your head, and the horse's back was really tight, and I felt it. And I was like, oh, you know, I should get off this horse and lunge it. And you kind of laugh it off. I'd ridden the horse a lot, and he'd never done anything bad. And I was like, oh, you know, he'll be fine. And sure enough, he took off bucking like bad. And I couldn't stay on and I fell off and I broke my collarbone and my top three ribs. I collapsed my lung, I had to stay in the hospital. And um, it was scary. And and very painful. It was the first time I'd broken a bone, knock on wood. Um, and I remember just how much my husband took care of me. And it was amazing because I hadn't seen that. I mean, we just gotten married and I loved him and we'd been together and all of that. But he really, he would get up every morning and make me breakfast. And I had to sleep in the lazy boy for like three weeks. I couldn't even go downstairs and lay down in the bed because laying down, like I had no support on my shoulder. And so I I couldn't sleep in the bed. And it was hard because I when you lose your body the function of your body i mean you guys know that's what's hard about riding if any part of your body is not working you can't ride and so it was the first time that i couldn't ride for four weeks at least and it was really hard for me and i guess the the silver lining in that setback is a couple of things one i learned that i have an amazing husband um, yesterday was our anniversary, we've been together for eight years, which is kind of hard to believe. But he was really so supportive and really took care of me, which was nice. And then also, I had to teach a lot. So since I couldn't ride, it basically all my clients, it was like, well, I can't ride your horse. So you are going to have to ride your own horse. And I'm going to have to figure out how to help you through it. Because I've always been like, oh, just get off. Let me fix it. Because sometimes it's easier than talking someone through it if you just get on the horse and fix it yourself. So being unable to ride really forced me to uh, learn how to teach better. And it also, I think it was good for my clients because they had to step up to the plate. They had to ride their own horses and I couldn't get on when things went wrong. And so sometimes that is good too. when. You know, you have to step up to the plate, and there's not a um, there's not an out that you can have. Um, okay, what other what other setbacks have I had? Okay, so this isn't really a setback, but perhaps an embarrassing moment when I lived in Colorado. I went to a clinic with Stefan Peters, and it was a big deal because Stefan is obviously like the top U.S. rider. And I was working for this guy on the weekends in Colorado and he was very, very wealthy and he had this beautiful farm. I mean, the farm was so nice. He had these like automatic sprinklers, this beautiful indoor arena, everything was heated and like these viewing stations. Like it was probably the nicest barn that I'd ever been to in Colorado. And so he invited me to bring my horse to ride Geronimo, actually, to ride in a clinic with Stephen Peters. And I forget what happened, but something happened to our trailer and our truck. And we showed up in the most embarrassing rig ever. And if you know my mother, (laughs) my mother's great. She's super supportive, but she kind of has no shame about things like that. And so for some reason, we had this green pickup truck and the back window had gotten broken. I don't remember why, but we had a trash bag with like pink duct tape duct tape to the back window of the trailer of the truck. And then the trailer was like this really old, rusty trailer. And so here we come, like pulling down the driveway and right by the outdoor arena where Stefan Peters is and the owner of the barn and the truck and trailer just looked so ghetto. And it was so incredibly embarrassing. So I think that's one thing that certainly I, my parents were always very supportive of my riding, but we weren't particularly wealthy to where I never got like this amazing, fancy trained horse. And it wasn't like I had the best horse trailer ever. And you know, like I said, when I first moved to California, I was like living in a tack room and eating oatmeal so that I could afford my horse's board. So it was definitely kind of embarrassing to show up at a clinic like that. But in the end, I think that hard work and <laughs> perseverance pay off. At least I hope they do. Okay. So let's see. That's enough about the setbacks. Now, I want to give you guys some tips for how to overcome or avoid setbacks. So one of the most important things that I have learned is that you should get the best horse that you can afford, if not better. Um, it costs the same, horses are expensive, and it costs the same amount of money to keep a bad horse every month than it does a good horse. and I think it's really important to know that some horses are easier than others and so i would really encourage you that if you're serious about your riding if you're serious about dressage invest in a good horse um, and make sure that the horse is appropriate to you something that you can ride something that you can feel safe on but definitely um, that's one thing that I've always prioritized in my career is getting the best horse that I could afford and really making sure that the horse is you know, healthy in the mind and in the body and bred for what I want it to do. Because I think that that really, really helps you. Like Trump, for example, I learned so much from Trump, um, but he was difficult and um, he was maybe not the most ideal dressage horse so get the best horse that you can afford because it costs just as much to keep keep a bad one as it does a good one and I'm not saying that I believe that there's bad horses because I've ridden so many difficult horses and I've learned so much from those difficult horses but you get to a point where you're like you can't save everything and you really want to enjoy your horse so just get something that's good that you can ride and that you can enjoy. Tip number one. Um, Was Trump a warm blood? Trump was an Oldenburg, but he was half thoroughbred and he was he was difficult. He turned out good, but he was difficult. Okay, my second tip is get a good shoer. So do not find the cheapest shoer. This is one thing that I, you know, like I said, I'm very frugal and I'm cheap in a lot of respects. Like my boots have holes in them. Sometimes my pants have holes in them, but do not find the cheapest shoeer. You want to invest in a good shoeer. So you're better off to pay more for every shoeing, like even a hundred dollars more, $50 more. Shoe your horse regularly. If you have a bad shoe, there's a saying that says no hoof, no horse. So if you have a bad shoeer and your horse is not shod properly, they're not going to stay sound. And then you're not, you're going to end up spending your money in vet bills and you're going to have a horse that's lame. So get a good shoeer. The other one is footing footing is huge. So if you're serious about riding, if you're serious about training, you want to make sure that you have good footing in your arena. That means that you need to have a level surface um, with a good base. Sand is totally fine. Honestly, sand is like one of the best materials that and cheapest materials that you can have. It should be like about three inches between two and four inches. Um, Water your arena, drag your arena. You don't want to have ruts and weird things, but footing is going to go a long way to helping your horses stay sound. Um, Another thing to avoid setbacks is consistency. And this is something that I definitely, for whatever reason, I'm stubborn. I'm addicted to riding and it's just something that I love. Like every single day, I like to go to the barn. I like to spend the time with my horses. I like to ride. The more consistently that you're riding, um, the less afraid that you're going to be. And also your horse. Horses are creatures of habit. So the more that they're consistently worked, the more it's just part of their routine. Um, Another one is to always try to focus on the positive. So even when things are going really bad or you have a setback or you have a bad ride, try to focus on the positive parts of it, try to see the good in it and, and what possibly might happen. And I know sometimes in the moment, you know, when you have a setback, you're upset and you're sad and you're frustrated and you need to feel that emotion and kind of get it out of your system. But then you have to like, okay, I'm, I'm done with that. Now let's deal and let's keep going and let's figure out how to get past this and how to keep going. Um, another quote that I love is, "Nobody cares, just work harder." And I think that that's really something that I've always done in my careers. I've just worked insanely hard. and sometimes it's, you know, it can be discouraging, it can be frustrating, but you just have to put your head down and find a way and keep working at it and keep trying and keep riding and, I'm so grateful for all of those difficult horses that I've ridden. Like I have a a whole nother list down here. Jack, um, Allie, the paint that was rearing, all the horses I rode when I worked for Mindy. So there's so many horses I've ridden in my career that I could see as setbacks because they were so difficult and they didn't make me look good. And I remember when I first moved to California, there was this other student that worked with my same trainer and she was like the most beautiful rider and her position was perfect. And she had very wealthy parents and she had these, like the nicest horses. And she came one day to my other barn where I was training all these green young horses and I put her on one of the green horses and she couldn't ride it at all. Like she couldn't even get it going forward. So you know, at the time it was always frustrating because I had all the problem horses, all the difficult horses, all the young horses. I never got that Grand Prix horse in the beginning. I have it now, but in the beginning, I never just got that horse that I could just go out there and win everything. And it made me look really good. I was kind of the one that was always like, you know, working behind the scenes with the difficult horses. So anyways, That is my spiel on setbacks. And I hope that this has encouraged you guys um, because I think that it's important to remember that and to remember that we all have bad days, we all have hard days. Uh, Some days you feel like some days you wonder, why do I even do this? Like think of all the time and money that I would have if I didn't have horses. And even I sometimes I go through that. But Well, sometimes like there was a few, a few weeks ago, I had so much computer work. I stayed home all day. I didn't go to the barn. I didn't see my horses. And it was terrible for me. At the end of the day, I was so grumpy. And I was like, I, I'm like addicted to my horses. I have to go to the barn. I have to see my horses. I love my horses. Even though sometimes it is incredibly frustrating. And there are all these setbacks. But I guess it's just something that is in our blood. It's something that we love doing, even though it seems irrational to perhaps family members. Um, So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, Levi and I are going to go for maybe a little walk, but it's super dark outside. So um, I'll be here next Thursday. If you were in 30 days to round, don't forget to sign up for Strides. Today is the last day to sign up. And yeah, I'll see you guys all soon. Good night, everyone.